Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me here today a Walton College alumnus, a member of my executive advisory board, and the founder and CEO of East Harding Construction and CEO of Advanced Cabling, Bob East. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yes, well, you have such a rich and interesting business history. When you graduated from the Walton College, did you have any idea that you were going to be doing some of the things that you have done in business? No, I really didn't. I was in business school just because I didn't know what else to do, and I took business courses, and uh, I remember one of our professors asking us what we would do in Fayetteville if we were going to start a business, and at that time, construction was booming, and so people were talking about buying apartments, and so I said I was going to start a construction company because I'd been working for a contractor in in the summer, so that's really kind of all I knew. So when I got out, I went to work for a small contractor and worked for two years for them and then quit when I was, I think I was 24 and started. Uh, it was Robert East Company at the time. So I was very young, very uh, naive and didn't know very much at all about business. And uh, it's come a long way. So Bob, I want to focus a little bit today on advanced cabling because that's the company you just sold right and so wouldn't if you wouldn't mind tell me a little bit about the early story of how you found the company how you decided to buy it and why you thought there was so much potential which you were clearly right <laughs> well i had a good friend that owned um the soul falcon jet in little rock it was actually called arkansas aerospace and uh, they finished hawker airplane interiors in Little Rock and he and I became friends and we did a couple of real estate things and through him he and I purchased a business in Fayetteville called AMO Electric Company and that was a company that sold electrical supplies and it was a good business uh, gave me a good background in just how a business like that operates but the problem with it uh, was the competition in Fayetteville got to be so difficult when we purchased it it had There were three electrical supply houses in the northwest Arkansas, and when we sold it about six years later, there were 13. And during that time, we overcame a lot of problems, and I learned a lot, as I said, but through that process, I saw how important uh, low-voltage and fiber-optic cabling was becoming. So... I just kept that in mind, and I found this little small company called Advanced Cabling, and uh, it had three people that worked for it. It had revenue of about three or 400000 a year, but it gave me the chance to get into the low voltage and, at that time, the computer networking area, and all we did at the time was install computer cabling. So it was uh, very tiny, but it just gave me an opening to get into what I thought was going to be a great uh, opportunity, and that was the computer business. And that was in the late 90s, right? Late 90s, yeah. So you were 
that was the height of the dot com boom when you were height of this. Height of the boom and uh, just before the bust, about ten years before the iPhone and two years before nine eleven, uh, which was two thousand and one, and that kind of changed the world outlook on security. Uh, after that, really nothing was the same from physical security standpoint. So that and just the explosion, the, the whole dot-com era uh, ushered in the the data way of life that we have today. And it was, uh, you look back now and you look at the internet and buying things on the internet, and it was just primitive back then compared to what we do now. And I wanted to capture this to really capture your entrepreneurial mindset because you were installing all kinds of advanced cabling during the dot-com boom. 9-11 happened, as you said, and all of a sudden you saw, oh, there's going to be a huge opportunity in the dot-com boom. You took advantage of that. Then you saw the opportunity to take advantage of the security boom that was coming because you knew after 9-11 Things like CCTV installations, um, fire alarms, everything like this was going to boom. And so you went all in on that by 2002. Was it hard to convince people that that was the right direction to go? or? Well, uh, you know, my, my initial thought with advanced cabling was to take the, the cabling part of the business and add all kinds of new disciplines like fire alarm, access control, network cabling uh, to that business so we could be a one-stop shop because I was a contractor and I knew that a contractor would rather have one company doing all of their low voltage work. And so my goal was to train our people, you know, pay for their training and get them where we had a barrier of entry to the computer business that not just a single company could do. So we we consciously added all of those disciplines. And then when 9-11 happened, just the, the sheer magnitude of the increase in security was almost overwhelming. And then, of course, the demand for data and bandwidth. I mean, I remember the day we heard the term bandwidth, and we said, hey, that's a great word. We're, <laughs> we're going to start using that word. But it just kept going and we kept adding people that uh, brought us expertise and training people and then the business just boomed and of course that never was a we didn't raise money it wasn't a venture capital thing it was just us just growing and we put all of our profits back into the business and and uh, the opportunities came and we took advantage of them well in your background as founder of East Harding Construction you, you've been in construction a long time. And so on the one hand, you were seeing the needs of the market, you know, the, the demand for bandwidth, the demand for security. But on the other hand, you also had intimate knowledge of construction. And so I know by 2005, you had a strong computer-aided design department, and you were able to serve construction clients better than anyone else because of that? Well, construction gave me a real insight into the needs of people that were building buildings. And then I did a lot of development in the 90s and the early 2000s. So I could 
see the needs of a of an owner, a building owner, even a somebody in the newspaper business or the security business or uh, you know any business that used construction, I could see what their needs were and how to get there and so I was able to really solve a lot of problems that they had that I knew how to solve with my cabling business, and I saw the opportunities there. So that's really why we kept adding uh, disciplines to advanced cabling, because I saw that need in buildings, and it was just, you know, nobody was doing that full service. So it was really a new, a new part of the industry that we were there at the beginning, and just uh, I knew that that was going to, boom the whole I mean it was going to keep booming so I I just kept adding people and disciplines and I was lucky enough to hire two great people early in my career and in fact we had several wonderful people that uh, were with us in 2000 and still with us today so uh, I was lucky in that area. And then by the late 2000s you were really expanding your services uh, not only to include bandwidth and uh, security, but also AV and intercom type systems. We started seeing the demand in other cities, and of course, Northwest Arkansas is a natural expansion area, so we had an office up here, and it, it did pretty good. But then we saw uh, the demand in Tulsa, and Oklahoma City, so we expanded into those areas, and we just kind of played around the edges of the market. We didn't have to have a huge amount of work. We'd have a good person up there that was an installer, uh, executive kind of guy, and we'd do small jobs, and because we could do everything in a project, the AV, the well, at that time we didn't do AV, but we could do the access control, fire alarm, uh, all the low-voltage cabling, the people would just give us bigger and bigger jobs, so that's how we grew the offices that we that we opened. We didn't have to start with a huge overhead. We started with a small overhead. We had great service, great employee benefits that helped us attract people, and we just grew organically. Now, I know that you went through the Great Recession, 2008 and 2009. How was your business affected by that? You know, that's that's a great question. It, we grew about 15 to 20% a year through the Great Recession. We had no recession. We grew continually. We expanded into schools, education work, uh, some health care, and uh, the demand was just there. Our company was poised uh, to be there at the right time, and, and uh, we never had any. We grew the most consistently and the fastest during that recession. That is so amazing. <laughs> now, I know by 2011, you acquired API Systems Group. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Well, we, we were always on the lookout for other companies, but I'm a conservative guy, and I never wanted to borrow a bunch of money to buy businesses. We looked at dozens of businesses, but... Every time you looked at them, a really good business was millions of dollars to purchase it, and I didn't want to be in that kind of debt. I thought I could grow organically 
with much less risk than that. And so we we found a lot of smaller companies, or not a lot, we found, I think we bought three companies, but they were smaller companies that had uh, some recurring revenue. They were, they were kind of owner founders that the, were just a little bit overwhelmed by the business. And so we bought these three companies that we, we got some good customer base. We didn't really add a huge amount to our volume, but we did get some good customers. We got some good people. And, and again, we just bought businesses that really made sense to us, and, and we were not going to overpay for companies. So we, we were very selective, and, but we had trouble finding acquisitions because we'd look at their balance sheet and income statement, and, and they were just not good which is a great lesson to tell you that, you know, your your financial statements are really how you run your business. And if you can't read a financial statement, you need to learn. And you don't have to be an accountant because I might have told you before, I practically flunked accounting in the Walton School of Business. <laughs> but I learned how to read a financial statement. And there's a difference. And so many of the businesses we, we look at had just – the most pitiful financial statements that raised more questions than they answered. And when an owner, our joke was when an owner has to sit down and start explaining stuff to you on their financial statement, we mark them off of our list because we don't want to have to have explanations. We want to look at a balance sheet and income statement that shows really what's going on. And then we'll ask questions. But if you don't have a clean balance sheet and income statement, if you have to explain all kind of kinds of numbers, then you've got a problem. That's really, uh, it's key to running your business. And so many people do not understand that. And I don't care how big your business is, you've got to understand your financial statements. You've got to be able, a lot of big business people run their business from financial statements. They don't get out in the field and see how many nails you bought. They look at the financial reporting and and the end of the month and they you just have a feel of your financial statement about how well you're doing and if it, it, that should be one of the main things you strive for in your business is understand and have a clean balance sheet and income statement let's now talk about this acquisition by ADT well the security business has had a lot of consolidation in the past 10 years. And most uh, types of businesses that that happens to, it accelerates faster and faster as companies are trying to add volume and territory to their to their businesses. And, and it attracts a lot of venture capital. So we've been approached many times by people wanting to buy our business, but we didn't want an earn out. We wanted a good price for it because our business was very profitable and it was really a part of our life. I mean, my partner, Michael Kennedy, and I were just, we loved running it. Michael ran the business day to day. So things were going good and we weren't looking for a buyout. But as the business grew, I'm a lot older than Michael. And since I was about 55, been a big believer in financial planning because I've seen so many businesses that don't have a financial plan and something happens, either business falls off or the owners have a fight or an owner has a health problem and the value of the business just plummets. 
So I wanted to have a way to get out of advanced cabling and have it keep going, have it going in a uh, being being owned and run by a really top notch business. So uh, we just had not found those people until a company in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, called Red Hawk Fire and Security approached us last March and. I don't usually go to the initial meetings. Michael Kennedy goes because we usually come back and say, he comes back and says, it's a joke. We don't want to talk to those people. But he came back from that and said, these guys are great. They're straight shooters, and uh, we might need to keep pursuing this. So we we did, and it. Uh, the more we heard about it, I, I talked to the guy myself, and I was expecting a kind of a corporate buttoned-up kind of guy, but he was a super nice guy. He was a very low-key. He came from a field technician background, and uh, he knew the business, and he was talking our language. So we talked and talked and finally got to a letter of intent. We went through about 90 days of discussions and really – had several stalemates, so we just said, uh, since we're not under a letter of intent, we're really not interested in pursuing this if you guys can't hurry up and get this done. Well, it turned out that in the middle of that letter of intent, the largest security contractor in North America, which was ADT, had, unbeknownst to us, purchased Red Hawk. So when we found that out, uh, we thought the deal was off, but then they came to Little Rock and talked to us, and they said they're extremely interested in continuing our discussions. And so we talked, and we had we had a lot of back and forth and a lot of difficulty. But after meeting the ADT people, they came to Little Rock and talked to Michael and I. We decided it was still a good fit. There's nothing changed, and so we uh, pursued the deal. So. It took about nine months to complete what should have been a two-month deal, but we think it's a great fit. Our management team is stays in place 100%. None of our people have any uh, – they're not going to be laid off. We're just going to continue. Actually, we're going to keep the name for at least another year, Advanced Cabling. So Michael Kennedy gets to expand his footprint. He's going to be in charge of the uh, – Middle United States, and David Roberts is going to run our advanced cabling footprint. Their intent is to grow. Uh, they've told us they don't know anything about Arkansas or Oklahoma, and they're not going to come down here and micromanage our team. So it just was what we were looking for, and it gave us a chance to realize some of the value that we had built over the years, make sure that our company was continuing in a great vein and had the expertise and capital behind it to keep growing. So as much as I hated to do it, having built something like that for 20 years into a from a three-person company to almost 200 people and six offices in three states, it was very hard to do. But I was very concerned about my people, and uh, but I think we did the best thing for them. And, and I know that it's much better to go out on top than try to do something uh, when a problem arises. You know, I, I think uh, one thing that I've said to everybody, it's uh, I've had a lot of congratulatory emails and phone calls, and that's great, but I can tell you that it's bittersweet 
given up a business that you've put so much into and you know the people and they've worked so hard for you and our whole focus in the business is to build a great culture, give great company benefits, great training, and the people will will be glad to do great work for you. And that happened at Advanced. I'm going to really miss those people and miss the camaraderie and the success that we've enjoyed together, but it just was the best way out. It was really the only way out. It was inevitable. Um, the timing was good. Uh, as many congratulations as I've, as I've had, I need some condolences too because it was, <laughs> it was difficult to do, but I think we did the right thing. Well, Bob, we're proud of you. We're glad you're a Walton College alumnus, and uh, you've accomplished some really amazing, great things in business in Arkansas and generated lots of wealth for many people. So, well, thank you. I, I do remember in the old uh, business building, my classes over there, and I, I never thought that, uh, I mean, I was going to college to, to get out of college like mm-hmm. most people, but... I learned a lot. I look back at some of the things my professors told me then that I remember. And, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed owning businesses and doing businesses. And I'm thrilled to see the Walton Business School as big as it is and the things that, that you're teaching your students that are so valuable. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast, and now Be Epic. Be Epic.